This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Optimal Living Daily Relationships, Episode 74, How to Attract Growth-Oriented Friends, Part 2, by Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Edition of Optimal Living Daily. I'm Joss Marie, the girl who reads to you every single weekday from some of the best relationship blogs on the planet. Today, I have the second part of a three-part post from Steve Pavlina. We started this mini-series in yesterday's episode, so if you're listening out of order, you'll want to go back a day and listen to that one first. And then, make sure to come back tomorrow for the conclusion of the mini-series. And with that, let's hear today's post as we start optimizing your life. How to Attract Growth-Oriented Friends, Part 2, by Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com Be a giver. One of the best ways to attract a growth-oriented social circle is to prove to the world that you're a growth-oriented person. And a good way to do that is to help other people grow. Don't just focus on your own growth. Invest some time and energy in helping others too. This can quickly transform your social circle. For the first several years that I was into personal growth, it was mostly a private pursuit. During those years, I read hundreds of books, attended seminars, practiced skills, wrote mission statements, analyzed my past, and so on. I did a lot of inner work. I occasionally helped people, but only on a small scale like in a discussion forum or via email. I didn't make any substantial efforts to help other people grow as a regular part of my lifestyle. For the most part, I was still the oddball in my social circle. I often felt more ambitious than the people around me. I lacked mentors to show me the ropes. I worked hard and tried to make the best decisions I could, but I struggled a lot, especially in business. In 1999, I went bankrupt due to racking up way too much debt trying to make my business work. I came out of that experience with a very open mind. Going bankrupt was actually a relief, and it gave me a fresh start. I still loved being an entrepreneur, but I knew I couldn't live the next five years like the previous five. I challenged my old assumptions and began exploring and experimenting with different ideas. I figured I had little to lose since my old approach clearly wasn't working. One of those experiments led to volunteering in a trade association, writing articles, and reaching out to help others. Later, I started a free discussion forum for indie game developers. I also began speaking at conferences to share ideas. I shifted my approach from working on personal growth in private to trying to be more helpful in public. My life transformed tremendously when I did this. My business finally started doing well too. 
Within a year or so, my life was rich in growth-oriented friends. It all started with making the effort to help other people grow. From 1999 to 2004, I did a lot of service-oriented work. This eventually led to starting my blog in 2004. My blog did well right out of the gate. But what many people don't realize is that I'd been building up to this for five years prior. Before I published my first blog post, my articles published on other sites had already attracted thousands of readers. So I had lots of positive social support for moving in this direction when I finally made the shift. That social support made the transition much easier. There was still some social drag. Many game developers and software developers think personal growth is cheesy. So when I decided to start a personal development blog, some thought it was a questionable shift. Yet those same critics love working on their personal growth. They just don't label it as such. They prefer labels like education, skill building, social dynamics, and quantified self. The more Android-sounding a label is, the more they seem to like it. But it's still personal growth with a different tag. The social drag didn't matter, though, because I had plenty of positive social support. The positive social support is where you want your focus to be. If you try to convince the negative people in your life to get on board, you'll waste a lot of energy and probably have little to show for it. If someone is getting in your face every week, stirring up your self-doubt or incessantly whining at you, then by all means, let go of connections that are clearly not aligned. But otherwise, it's usually more productive to focus on adding positive social support instead of fussing over those who can't give you what you need. Graduate from loyalty. What about loyalty? Shouldn't we be loyal to the friends we already have, even if they can't support our growth-oriented directions? Questions about loyalty only seem to be asked by those who are being held back by negative social circles. People who are immersed in positive social support never seem to ask about loyalty. Why do you think that is? Loyalty is forced obligation. The word itself is a trap used by clingy people to enforce relationships based through fear. Genuine relationships are chosen for mutual benefit, not enforced through obligation. Do you want your friends and relationship partners to cling to you from a sense of obligation? Is that the kind of loyalty you desire? If not, then don't be such a friend or partner to anyone else. Be loyal and true to your best self and seek relationships that are aligned with your best self. Be loyal to your values and let other people be loyal to theirs. Seek connections with people who are more loyal to their values than they'd ever be to you. Someone who'd put their relationship with you ahead of their highest and best values isn't someone you can trust anyway. An important corollary here is to get clear about the values that matter most to you and do your best to live in alignment with them. If you value growth, then be shamelessly growth-oriented. Don't hide your most sacred values. Let the world see you as you are. How else will other growth-oriented people be able to recognize you? Growth-oriented people are looking for you. There's a world of growth-oriented people that can be hard to see if you don't publicly put yourself out there as one of them. If you're always working on your personal growth in the shadows, such people will have a hard time spotting you. You'll just look like another zombie going through the motions. You need to give such people a way to recognize you. If even one such person spots you, a single invitation can open up an entire network of new growth-oriented friends. 
I was pretty shocked by how quickly other growth-oriented people flowed into my life when I started putting myself out there as one of them. It began happening from the time my first article was published in a software industry newsletter. My email address was included in the byline, and a few people wrote back to share feedback and thanks. As I continued down this path, there was a streamrolling effect. The more I expressed my values through published writing, the more like-minded people recognized me and offered some kind of connection. If you were a growth-oriented person with a rich and vibrant network of growth-oriented friends, and you spotted a like-minded person who seemed to be all alone, largely unaware of what life could be like with a network like yours, what would you do? Would you keep quiet and let that person keep struggling? Or would you reach out and offer some kind of invitation? The counterintuitive idea here is that you want to receive such invitations yourself, then seek to become the kind of person who will reach out to help others. You can do that starting today. This is perhaps the most effective change you can make to demonstrate that you're a good match for a growth-oriented friendship circle. Otherwise, if you believe you can't help anyone right now, then next year you'll probably believe the same, and the year after that, and so on. And growth-oriented people will continue to ignore you because you'll seem to be too self-absorbed to be a good match for them. This is because personal growth is easier and faster with a network of givers. The more givers and contributors you see in a network, the faster everyone grows. So, it's just common sense for such networks to repel non-givers who only seem to care about themselves since that would only weaken the flow. To be continued. You just listened to part two of the post titled How to Attract Growth-Oriented Friends by Steve Pavlina of stevepavlina.com. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you all so, so much for listening. That's all I've got for today. But I hope to see you again tomorrow for part three and the conclusion of Steve Pavlina's post, where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this podcast, but also Optimal Living Daily, the show where I read to you from even more blogs covering finance, productivity, minimalism, personal development, and more, from incredible bloggers like Derek Sivers, Zen Habits, Mark and Angel, The Minimalists, and all the ones you hear on this show too. So if you enjoyed today's episode and like taking amazing blogs on the go, come on over to Optimal Living Daily and subscribe to that one too. And together, we'll start optimizing your life. 
You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.